The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Welcome to episode 24 of TGIC Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Okay, can we just talk about how crazy that sounds? Episode 24? That's a lot of freaking episodes. That's like so many episodes that if someone were to discover our show right now, they could spend like a good five minutes reading all of our descriptions. I know, and I mean like... Honestly, I wish we could have, like, a little, like, warning in something that's, like, don't listen to episode, like, our first episodes. Because I feel like our new ones are just so much better. They are better, in my opinion, I think. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how everyone else feels. Yeah, I don't know how everyone else feels, but us on the podcasting realm, we, in our podcasting realm, we like our newer ones better. It kind of concerns me a bit, because you know how, like, a lot of the times, like, TV shows, everyone's like, oh, old this was so much better. But, you know, obviously the people making the show think new this is so much better. What if we're, like, like what if we're like that? Okay. And what if our old episodes are, like, good and we're just blinded? I don't think they're good. I think they're they not suck. Bad. They suck. We, yeah. The mic yeah, situation, too, was Embarrassing. Horrible. Please don't listen. Yeah. Just start at episode number five if you're ever going to listen to old episodes. Yeah. Alrighty, anyway, back to, you know, introducing this episode. Um, we're gonna start with a case today that is about the disappearance of Diamond and Tionda Bradley. And it's a case that I've been super interested in doing, like, for, a, like, I don't know, like a year or so now. Mm-hmm. I discovered this case a while ago, and something just, like, stuck with me. I don't know how to, like, communicate that better. Like, do you ever find a case and something about it just, like, it, it sticks with you? Yeah. I don't know, and this one just kind of did stick with me, so let's just jump right into it. Diamond and Tionda Bradley were two sisters living on the south side of Chicago in 2001. Diamond was only three years old and Tionda was ten at the time of their disappearance. They lived with their mom, Tracy Bradley, and their two other sisters, Rita and Victoria. And so I saw this talked about quite a bit in this case, but despite their age difference, they were actually really close. And their mom and sister said that Tiond used to walk around the house and just carry Diamond wherever she went, which is so cute. Aww. But I thought it was, like, kind of important to point out because I think a lot of people speculate, like, I don't know, I guess that they thought it was weird that the sisters were, like, hanging out so much. And also, like, regarding them and how close they were and just about their personalities because they were three and tens. So there's very little background that can actually do on them, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like... I don't know, when we have adults, you can talk a lot about how they're growing up and who they, they're family now, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, 3 and 10, there wasn't a lot to talk about. So I want to share a, a quote from the Chicago Tribune, and it's from their sister, Victoria Bradley, and it's just about Diamond and Tionda's personalities. It says, Diamond would jump from couch to couch, Victoria Bradley said, and she said these had these dark eyes that used to scare everybody, and Tionda liked riding her bike, but dancing was her favorite hobby. Oh, so they were literally just, like, two little girls. They were two little girls, and that was, like, the best thing I could share. I don't know how, like, I always feel bad with kid cases. You can't, like, there's so little background. There's so little background, and I feel like their personalities and them as, like, a person get lost sometimes because you don't have that, like, essential background with those essential details that, like, their friends and family share about them that kind of, like, they get deep personalized yeah when they're like talked about a lot in the media and that happens a lot in like all cases but kids specifically just because like there's just so little you can talk about yeah okay i'm gonna get into the timeline so june 6th of 2001 was the day that the girls vanished 
So the morning of June 6th, the girl's mother, Tracy, claims that, like, this was the last time she saw them. And that was at 6.30 in the morning. And, I mean, that was the last ever, like, totally confirmed sighting of the girls. And, I mean, Tracy then left the girls to go work at Robert Taylor Park, where she made lunches for kids at summer camps. Let me just mention, I think it's kind of weird that she left a 10 and a 4-year-old by themselves. Okay, yes, it's weird, but, like, I don't know. Maybe she didn't have any other childcare options. She had to work. She's a single mother. But, like, like, 10 seems, like, so young. It's young, but, like, I'm trying to find the words for this. I don't think the age would have mattered. I think she needed to make money, and this was her only option. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And, I mean, it was the 2000s, too. I gotta be, like, when I brought this up to my mom, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's totally normal in the 2000s, the 90s, and the 80s, especially, like. Yeah, no, that, that always reminds me, like, my parents, or not my parents, I should say my dad, because my mom would never say this. But my dad would be like, oh, back in the day, we used to just be able to go out and come back at when it came dark. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, you're not, like, a pioneer. Yeah. um, No, people say that all the time. Like, things were just, like, less concerning, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I felt like it was necessary to bring it up. Because, like, four is little. Like, I would never have been allowed to take care of, like, a... I'm not even allowed to take care of a child by myself now, and I'm 16. Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, think about when I was old enough to stay home alone with my brother. But also, my brother's two years younger than me, so it's a lot different. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think this was just her only option. Yeah. And when Tracy returned home in the early afternoon, like, this is kind of, the time kind of varies, but it was around 11 o'clock. She was, like, shocked to see that her daughters were nowhere to be seen in the apartment, and a note had actually been left on the back of the couch, which is a little bit weird place of a weird place that to put a letter. That is a weird place to leave a letter. You'd think it would be, like, on the dining room table, the kitchen counter. No, it was on the back of the couch. Like, what if it were to, like, fall? Yeah. I don't know. The I don't know where the couch is. Like, my dog hangs out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, the letter supposedly had been written by her daughter, Tionda, and it said that they actually had gone to, like, a nearby school and then a nearby store. And I'm, I literally haven't been able to find, like, the actual specifics of the letter, which it's is not confirmed. kind of weird. It's, it's not confirmed at all. It's super weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and, like, actually, Tionda was attending a nearby summer school, and the day of June 6th, she, like, according to her school, she never showed up. Like, Do you know if she was supposed to show up? Yeah, she was supposed to, apparently. Like, her mom hadn't called in or anything, but I just feel like Um, Okay, here's what I'm wondering. Was it, like, in the morning that it would have started? Because now I'm thinking, like, now that's a confusing timeline for me, because I'm thinking if she had to be there, like, let's say at, like, 8 wouldn't her mom have, would have had to take her? Yeah, or someone would have had to take her, and then, like, where would Diamond be? Because Diamond's three, like, at least when Tiana's there, she has, like, like not a babysitter, but she has someone to watch yeah. her. Yeah. You can't leave a three-year-old at home alone. I'm very confused. I don't know specific timings on that, because I feel like that's really important to... But we just know that she was absent on that day, not necessarily when she was supposed to be there, okay. or who was supposed to take her. It's weird, though, because... Then would it be her responsibility to get there by herself? And where would you? I don't know. I don't know. Why am I so stuck on this? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I just know that she was supposed to be attending a summer school that day. And some kids in the neighborhood actually claimed that they saw the girls playing outside at around noon. And I mean, that's never really been confirmed. I mean, they, they were never too... confirmed kids sightings. <laughs> yeah, you can't like they like there were two little girls. I feel like that could that's a very common thing to see in a park. On yeah. a common day in the middle of summer. And I feel like that doesn't really add up because Tracy would have gotten home before them anyway. Yeah. I you know, know what I mean? But if, 
No, because if she had gotten home and they weren't there, they could have been at the park. True. I guess it does make sense. I don't know. It's very, very confusing. And after, like, waiting and searching for her daughters for hours, Tion... Not Tianda. Tracy finally decided to call the police at 6.30 p.m. that night. And, I mean, due to the fact that Tianda and Diamond were so young, they were labeled as a high-profile case, and the investigation was, like, taken seriously immediately. Well, you'd also think that it'd be a high-profile case because they were literally snatched out of their house. Well, well it's, like, kind of assumed that it's they were snatched yeah. out of their house. And... Yeah, I mean, they were so, like, this, there's no possibility that they could have been runaways because they were literally 10 and 4, so, yeah. No, do you, like, wait, how would that even work? Tiana's like, Diamond, we're getting out of here, and she, like, gurgles something, and they leave, <laughs> like, they're like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, and I mean, like, I gotta say, almost immediately the police were very suspicious of Tracy because she was uncooperative at the beginning of the investigation, but let me just mention, it's, that's... I feel like if a mom's uncooperative, it doesn't make any difference, but yeah. I don't know. I just, especially like a single mom, like I feel like she's got to have a lot of other stuff on her mind, like trying to, she had other kids too. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like there's a lot that she's trying to manage right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's almost like, okay, so you know how in cases a lot of times they'll try to blame the dad? Yeah, but there is no dad to blame. Exactly. So they had to blame her, but like she's also trying, she's probably being uncooperative just because she like has other stuff on her mind. Exactly. And I don't usually mention this in the timeline. I just thought it was important because it was like the very beginning of the investigation. Like it didn't really carry out throughout it, but whatever. Um, So now I'm going to talk about the following days and weeks, not necessarily like a specific date, but like basically the Chicago Police Department used all of their resources in order to try to find the missing girls like immediately, which is honestly like so amazing and refreshing because you never see that type of commitment in yeah. like cases like that usually. I mean, even in kid cases, sometimes they neglect it. The only other yeah. one that I've seen like heard about like widespread searches would be Kyron Harmon. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the Chicago PD did numerous things to try and recover the missing girls. Like, they set up a tip and emergency hotline. They made a command post. They even, like, assigned multiple full tactical teams and detectives to aid the investigation. That's impressive. But like, also, yeah. like, why a tip hotline? Honestly, tip hotline do nothing. They li- I don't think, like, yeah, there's really I mean, I guess it's like- better than something. I don't know. Tip hotlines just, they always bring up, like, dumbass stuff. Exactly. You ever watch an episode of SVU? All that tip lines do is bring in, like, psychics who are like, I know exactly who did it. And I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, um, like... I mean, like, a hundred police officers and detectives worked on the case, and they searched all over the cities, in the sewers, lakes, abandoned buildings, and construction sites, and, I mean, they found nothing. There was no evidence of the crime scene, no evidence of the girls, literally anywhere. And they, like, even interviewed more than a hundred local sex offenders and about 30 of the Bradley's relatives. Okay, quick comment again about, like, interviewing sex offenders. I learned something last week, not from a reputable source, I learned it on Law & Order, but apparently sex offenders don't tend to, like, repeat offend, so it's actually, like, not very helpful to go ask sex offenders, like, about <laughs> cases, because usually they're not involved in active cases, like, ever. That makes sense. I yeah. mean, like, it's like a one-and-done thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I've never... Look, don't quote me on that. Literally, I learned it on Law & Order at, like, 9 o'clock last Thursday. <laughs> no, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, like, thousands of tips poured in through the hotline, and, I mean, many of them are useful, and, frankly, a majority of them were batshit crazy. <laughs> like, I, I love crazy tips. Like, why would you send in a tip? I don't understand. Like, people a have bad fun tip? with it. I would never send in a bad tip, but I will enjoy the bad tips that people send in. True. 
Um, I mean, like, obviously psychics called, like Jillian had just said, and claimed that they knew where the girls' bodies were hidden, which, like, happens in so many missing cases. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a case where psychics didn't get involved somehow. It's, psychics just like attention. They just like attention. It's like a marketing thing for them. It literally is. Marketing strategy. And I mean, like, they got calls that, like, the girls were being held as sex slaves in a town in Illinois. And, I mean, another man even called and claimed to be their father from Morocco and that he had kidnapped them to take them overseas. So, many of the tips were just, like, useless or proven to be false, yet the police, like, refused to let up the investigation. And I, like, praise them for that because so many police will just give up unless there's, like, more evidence that comes out. And, I mean, honestly, the only ever other lead that came out was, like, the a voicemail that had been left by Tionda to her mom that was informing her mother that George was at the door. However, this voicemail has been lost somehow. Like, how has so many of the evidence, like, been totally, like, lost or discredited in this case? I don't know. It's really weird because that whole, the, like, note was discredited, basically, and this voicemail just disappears, which, how? I yeah. don't understand. And there's even more stuff like that. I just don't I, It's get very it. strange. A lot of things just vanished. And it's another thing weird because, like, a lot of time we'll speculate, like, police cover-up and shit, but, like, this one doesn't seem to have any. No, yeah, literally. So, like, why is stuff just disappearing? It's super strange. Maybe someone else is trying to cover it up. Okay, but, like, let's talk about this George at the door because this is where our theories will just begin. So, the family actually knew two Georges. <laughs> How? I don't even know one George. No, I, I can't think of a George that I know, except for, like, the curious one. Um, <laughs> um, so, somehow they just knew two Georges, and, like, like family friend Georges. It wasn't even, like, they had a coin. It was, like, two family friends were named George, which is, like, kind of confusing. <laughs> and okay. it, like, leaves a lot of room for interpretation for this. Like, I don't know why they couldn't just be like, oh, this is our family friend with a really confusing, uncommon name. His name is literally George Washington. Okay, so the first George we're going to talk about is George Washington, which it's like, no, it's not the first president of the United States of America. It is actually Diamond's dad. George and Washington. I say this in quotes because Tracy had actually been suing like three different guys for paternity of Diamond. Oh. So he may or may not have been Diamond's dad. We're not really sure. But he was a family friend, despite his relevance in their d- genetics. Oh, okay. Um, so he did know the family, which makes him an interesting suspect, because a lot of people say, in this case, it's kind of, it's like weird that it would be a stranger, because mm-hmm. unless the girls left the house voluntarily and were kidnapped outside, it gives, it makes a lot of sense that it would be someone that they knew, who knew that they were home alone. Exactly. Like, the only way that it could have been a stranger is if they were, like, not at home when it happened. Exactly. And, like, they don't really say that just because the weird timing of when the voicemail was left at, like, 8.30 mm-hmm. that said that George was at the door and then there's this note left and they don't know when the note was left. I don't know. There's a lot, like, people think that they were kidnapped outside the house because of those things. Yeah. And in the voicemail, obviously, Tiana says George is at the door and... There's this thing also in the voicemail that we didn't mention earlier where she says that George is saying that he's going to go take them to buy a birthday cake because one of their sister's birthday was like the following day. Mm -hmm. And they were going to go buy her a birthday cake. And so this is also like a thing like a close friend would know to use that excuse. Yeah. And this is, okay, this is so obscure, but there's hair DNA in his car that matched Tracy, Diamond, and Tionda. But like, 
They this were is, close family friends. They were family friends. It literally could have been Tracy's because I think they were like, I don't know if they're together. dating or they were like half together. I don't know. I don't know. But like, literally, like hair can stick around in a car for a while too. Exactly. I gotta say. Like, but he'd also like Georgia was the guy who dropped off Tracy at work that morning. Oh, wow. she was literally in his car. Okay, yeah. It's so irrelevant, but like people bring it up as a point. I and don't understand. Also, hair DNA like can't be trusted anymore. It, no, because it literally only shows, like, maternal hair pattern. It, and it's literally hair pattern. Like, that's the thing. Like, so many people have the same hair pattern. Exactly. I mean, it shows, like, genetics and stuff. But, like, it could have been anyone on their, like, maternal side of the family. Yeah. Um. So, again, in my opinion, he's just an unlikely suspect because, A, he was helpful in the investigation. Like, he was, um, he, what is that called? He, like, was helpful when the police wanted to search his house and stuff. He, like, let them. He yeah. He polygraphs. He was just super not like, obstructive or uncooperative or whatever. Yeah. And B, the hair, we said, could be from a long time ago, or literally that morning, it could have been Tracy's hair. Mm -hmm. And he's also just super unlikely because it would have given him a tight window of opportunity between dropping off Tracy at work at, like, whatever, 6.30, something in the morning. Yeah. And then he would have had to, like, come back, get the girls, and then... Like, get rid of them somehow, and then he also picked up Tracy at work at 11. Yeah, the timeline doesn't work out. This timeline is so weird and obscure in this case. It's just very tight, which we don't see a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to get on to the other George. <laughs> Again. Um, so there's another family friend named George who has been, like, referenced as a person of interest in, it, like, this case because he could have also been the George from Tiondis voicemail. Oh, my God. Um, we actually don't have a last name for this guy. I don't, like, I don't know if this means that they don't know his last name or that it's just never been shared. But, I mean, like, you have to assume that means that they don't know because, like, they haven't pursued him any further. Yeah, you'd think that if they had a name, they would have pursued him at this point. Exactly, and they would have, like, this might be just because they knew he didn't do it, so they're keeping, like, some anonymity. Yeah, I think that's an anonymity. I don't, I don't know. I feel like Nemo yeah. trying to say anonymity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would just assume that they don't know his last name, and I think that might mean that the family doesn't know his last name. Like, So maybe they weren't that close. No, actually, I think that in this case, it could have been, like, a family friend who just, like, he was, like, kind of, like, a one-name guy. I, I don't get know if that, that makes sense. I get that. I think that. people have that, though, like, where they don't necessarily know. Yeah. Like, if, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example of that, but, like, someone who was, like, a help, like, if someone, maybe it was, like, he used to fix stuff at their house, but then he, like, became a family friend, he would just be George, the guy who fixes the sink. Yeah. I guess that's true. Oh, and yeah, I mean, like, a bad example. <laughs> this is kind of a good lead, however, there's, like, no evidence to support it, and since there's no investigation into this guy, like, I don't think the police really think of him as a main suspect or anything. because well, they don't even know who he is. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, if you consider this George in the voicemail thing, that could totally be reliable. That could be, I think, the George. If we were going to consider which George, like, would be responsible, I would say it was this one. Yeah, it's more likely to be this George guy. Washington seems like a <laughs> decent guy. Seems like a, yeah, a good I mean, leader. Good leader. Okay, that was hilarious. That was such a good pun. <laughs> I'm proud. Yeah. Okay, so here's... And then another thing I just oh. thought about, how could you, like, kidnap or kill someone's daughters and then go and pick the lady up no, and then okay. have enough balls to go back to the house and be like, oh my god, 
No, it's... Where did they go? It's really weird. Like, That's really it, weird. It doesn't make any sense. That's why I think George Washington is just not a yeah. good suspect at all. And the police definitely agreed, I think, in this case. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is back to, like, one of the tips that came in. So this is basically the Tianda's birth father slash Morocco theory. So this is just a totally obscure theory, but a theory that has circulated is that Tianda's biological father, who was just, like, not identified, kidnapped the girls and then took them out of the country to Morocco. And this theory is just really unlikely because, A, there's nothing that really suggests that this is what happened, like, at all, except for, like, this weird tip. But, like, again, on the flip side, nothing disproves it, which is, like, I mean, that applies to everything, kind of. But, B, Tiana and Tracy had, like, no contact with her birth father, so he wouldn't have even, like, known that they were home alone or known anything about them. Exactly. He might not have even known where they lived. And another thing is, like, the tipster called the line and was like, I am the birth father. From Morocco. Yeah, I don't so, know. So, like, why would you give yourself up? That just doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is weird. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to get into the Tracy, Tracy Bradley theory. Tracy Bradley. Tracy? Love that they all had, like, t- oh, wait, none of them had T names. What? No, Tionda and Tracy. Oh, yeah, Tionda and Tracy. I was about to say, I love that they all have, like, matching names. They do not all have matching names. It's just Tionda and Tracy. It's not, like, Darcy Routier and that family. No. <laughs> this is a lot cuter than that. Yeah. And, I mean, here. There are also claims that Tracy did something to her daughters. I mean, they're not substantiated. She has a rock-solid alibi being at work during the time. Because you, like, clock in and out. Someone can say that you were there. That's, like, a yeah. good, that's such a good alibi work. No, literally, like, that is such a good alibi. We were talking about this earlier because Jillian and I just got jobs. Oh, my God. First time. We just got jobs. We work at an ice cream shop now. Yeah. So we were talking about clocking in and out. That would totally make a good, like... Alibi or whatever, but not that we would ever commit a crime. Not that we would. Just in theory. And then, okay. Also, she was just like super uncooperative. Like, she wouldn't take a polygraph. She wouldn't like talk to the police. And even later on, like, she just refused to talk to the FBI or anything. And I mean, I get that. Like, first off, polygraphs are kind of unreliable, and everyone deals with like stress and stuff totally differently. I feel like there shouldn't be, like, a standard stress reaction. You know what I mean? Because, like, I just, I don't think that's a good thing to base someone, like, being guilty of murdering or, like, abducting their children. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah. And, I mean, mostly these, like, suspicions came out when the neighbors disliked how she was behaving after the girls were kidnapped. Like, For example, many neighbors stood outside with signs and stuff about the girls, and Tracy didn't come out and say thank you. Okay, literally, the neighbors were just freaking salty. (laughs) I think she had her priorities straight by, like, staying in her apartment. I don't know. Like, holding up signs at the street corner. Exactly. I don't know what good they thought they were doing, but she's probably dealing with a lot emotionally. She has two other kids to care about. She's trying to figure out, like, what the hell to do, and you're mad because she didn't come down and say thank you? Yeah, no. The Um, neighbors are salty. Excuse me. Yeah, like, that's, like, volunteering and wanting to get, like, paid. And attention. Yeah. Like, that's annoying. Um, and I mean, many people thought it was weird that she didn't report them missing until that night and, like, had, in the fact that she could have, like, lied about some of the case details. Um, but I mean, like, I don't think she reported them missing until night because, A, she was looking for her kids, and B, she probably didn't think the worst at the time. I no, mean, I mean, I wouldn't they think left the worst a note. The they called. Yeah. Like, then, there's a couple, like, little leads that it could have just been a whole confusion thing. They were looking all day. I don't know. I don't think exactly. it's necessarily weird. And also, this was a time where, like, they didn't, like, I don't think the police were necessarily, like, the most, like, 
reputable people. Yeah, like, apparently there's all this, like, corruption of the Chicago PD. I don't know anything about that. I've just heard a little bit about it. But, like, I think that they were probably not wanting to get involved with the police in case they were, like, like, what if they were just out with this George guy and then they, like, return totally safe and they've called them the police and then they look ridiculous. Exactly. And then also, like... That's not waiting that horribly long. Like, like, it would be different if she waited, like, 48 hours or, like, a Casey Anthony in a month or two. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, seven and a half hours tops. Which isn't... I just, like, that's not that long. She was looking for her kids. It wasn't like she was doing nothing. I don't think that's something you should put against her. Exactly. And, I mean... Like, about the lying, she had originally claimed to be asleep in the apartment when the girls were taken, but later she said that she was at work, and I mean, honestly, I think she's just scared about being deemed a bad mother, because women in the media, especially single mothers in cases like this, are totally, like, blacklisted and well, character-shamed. Casey Anthony had to ruin it for the rest of everyone else. Literally. And I mean, like, I guess she thought that everyone would get mad at her for, like, leaving them home oh, wait. alone. Had Casey Anthony happened at this point? Because that no, was, I don't think no. so. That was so, like, I'm, like, sound dumb. But there are other cases like this that have happened that are That's similar. True. There are. So, and I mean, like, she shouldn't have lied, but, like, she still had two other kids to worry about, and she didn't want to look unfit or neglectful to those other kids, and she eventually told the truth. And she still had a rock-hard alibi, even when she said the truth, so... Exactly. Yeah, I don't think Tracy Bradley had anything to do with her daughter's disappearance. She I really she just didn't just... want to admit to, like, leaving them home alone. Like, Izzy said earlier, that's yeah. probably not the most responsible thing to do, but mm-hmm. she didn't have really another choice, so. Exactly. But they, like, went and talked to these guys that worked there, I guess, and they were mm-hmm. just like, no, we didn't see them. That's, okay. Also, they didn't see the abductor or anything. It could have been, like, totally random people, or also it didn't have, that doesn't mean it could have been a stranger, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, also, I'm trying to think about the guys here. Like, they talk to a lot of customers every day, and I think if they're on the store security footage, it's a lot more, like, reliable than... Than talking to the guys. Exactly. Like, they probably just look like two other kids to them. Yeah. And other tipsters have claimed that over the past 20 years that they've just seen the girls, or that they know one of them, or, like, there's just a lot of stuff, but there's none of them really have, like, proof, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like this is a stranger abduction just because, like, there was no sign of a struggle or a stranger. And the le- the note that was left by Tionda was in her handwriting and had, like, I don't know, like, details that made sense. So it almost yeah. seems like the person, like, the person knew her family. And, and the voicemail, to too. Write. Yeah, and the voicemail. Exactly. And there's just, like, a lot. Of- I gotta go back to the sightings thing because there are other sightings that, like, I guess weren't deemed less likely there's this sighting they went i guess basically there was like a guy who was at like a a local thing where like you could meet like firemen in your area or something <laughs> oh my god we were talking about that the other day oh yeah so our they our community used to have like this thing when we were little called touch a truck where you could basically go like touch a freaking fire truck and that was the activity but this is kind of like a similar thing where basically the fireman was just there talking to these kids and this was in a town in, somewhere in, like, Illinois, Indiana, something in that general area with the eyes. But he, like, remembers these two girls who were, like, super friendly and polite. And he just really, like, remembered them, I guess, because they were not obnoxious, snotty kids. Yeah. And then he later saw, like, a missing sign about them. 
And so he like let the police know. He's like, hey, I think I saw these girls. And then there's this other sighting at the grocery store, which I assume is in a nearby area. I think it was a Walmart or something. I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. about all of this, but there's just a lot of sightings, like kind of like Patricia McCain, except for they weren't weird. Yeah. And basically they like tracked down these girls and apparently there were just two girls that looked like them. Oh. But I don't know how, like that seems bizarre to me. I don't, something about that stands out. Like, I don't think that necessarily disproves that it's them. Like, what if they just found two other girls that looked like them? But, I mean, if the girl said, oh, yeah, we were there and we talked to this guy. I guess. I don't know. Something seems off about it. I just feel, I don't know. I feel like, okay, yes, these girls, I, like, I feel like everyone looks the same to me. Honestly, if I saw two little girls who were sisters who had, like, around the same age difference and I saw a poster who looked sort of like them, I'd be like, oh, hey, I think I might have talked to these girls a week ago. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? I like, no. But it's like, it's, it seems oddly, like, distinctive to, like, remember. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah. I'm trying to, like, find the words for this. Something about this, like, seems, like, really reliable to me. Like, I mean, I guess it could be reliable, but it also doesn't mean that they were abducted by a stranger. Oh, I don't think it has anything to I think it just means that they were abducted by someone. Yeah. And I mean, uh, were all these, like, at the beginning of the investigation, or are they more recently? Um, they were kind of spread out, but they were definitely closer to when they were kidnapped, like, I think within the first year or so. Got it. And it must have been within the first couple months, because I do know the investigation kind of dropped off after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Especially in, like, areas outside of Chicago, but I think they because they were definitely still, like, close to the same age, and they were still missing posters up, so it was definitely within that first few months. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get on to our last theory, which isn't really a theory, it's more of, like, a... I don't know what we call segment. it. Segment. It's a segment. <laughs> it's an extra info thing. Yeah. Remember we used to do extra info? Yeah. Our whole, um, our whole John Bonet case was just made up of extra info. I don't even know how we did that, honestly. I just, like... That's what happens when we have, like, two months to research a case. <laughs> and it was still, like, the same amount of research we're doing, like, two days now. No, I don't understand. Like, we do research, like, literally, like, five days if we're lucky. Two days. Yeah. Normally, though. Two or Honestly, three. the John Bonet case, we have way too much time to work on. Yeah. Okay, so this is the fake Tiondas segment, <laughs> as we're going to call it. Bonus and feature? Yes, bonus feature. And I mean, this is just really weird and like really twisted. And I mean, like, I think this is one of the more twisted theories we've talked about in a bit. It's definitely not very nice. Yeah. It's mean. It's really mean. It's like bullying. It's bullying and it's harassment, honestly. It is harassment. And I mean, okay, many people have come forward over the past years and claimed that they were either Tionda or Diamond, or that they were still alive, or that they were in college with each other, or like, whatever. Basically just claiming that they were one of the girls. And this was all thanks to social media, because before social media, none of this happened. <laughs> Literally. And I mean, people were going in through the, like, the family social media accounts, or through tip lines and stuff, and like, they were doing this to conceal at least a fragment of their true identity. And, I mean, many of these people have been so cruel that they'll talk to the police or to the family members for a while, and then when asked for, like, more substantial information, they ghost or they make up a fake-ass excuse. Like, a biggest example of this was, like, a lady from Texas who originally was anonymous, but she had since been named as Lele Rodriguez. And she basically just said that she was Tionda. Yeah, she was like, hey, I'm Tionda. And this all kind of happened because, like, one of their relatives had posted on this, like, Facebook page that was all about trying to find them. Mm -hmm. It was, like, some sort of anniversary thing or something, like, please come home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And in the comments, <laughs> Lele Rodriguez goes, we're trying. <laughs> like, what? it's almost 
that's, that, that's, that's mean. That's horrifying. That's so mean. That would scare me. Yeah, that would honestly scare it's me. It's unsettling too. to me. And, like, Lele literally went so far, she, like, talked to this aunt, and she was like, oh, yeah, like, we're fine. Um, Diamond's in college. <laughs> and then, like, the aunt was like, oh, can you send us a picture of, like, your birthmark? Or, like, scar, not birthmark. And, like, but- asking to do, like... Genetics testing yeah. or whatever. And Tay-Tay, Lele, Tay-Tay, whatever, <laughs> was like, um, can't you, I'm literally Tionda, like, can't you just trust me? You know it's me. And the aunt was like, what? And it's like, that's mean, because clearly that's it's so not mean. her at this point. Like, and I mean, she was like, she said that she would take a DNA test, but then at some point, like, they were like, okay, let's take a DNA test, and then she, like, ghosted awful like what so mean and like people have done this like a few times it's not nice like that's horrible doing this and this is like one of the only cases i've really heard about this happening in this and the johnny gosh case yeah that's true johnny gosh everyone knows johnny gosh this one is like a much lesser known exactly like we didn't actually have that many resources i feel like it was a lot we don't like when i googled this there was a lot of the original sources from like 2001 news stories Mm mm-hmm um, but I mean, like, that that's just cruel. It's mean. Like, how could you, like, have a, how could you do that? I don't know. It would really mess me up. And what would be the point? Like, there's no what point. are you trying to get? Like, a family? Like, fame? Oh my god, that reminds me. There was this episode of Law & Order. I'm, <laughs> I'm here with all the Law & Order references today. Where a girl literally showed up, claimed to be this missing girl... And, like, she'd been gone for, like, four years just so she could, like, intercept this family, basically. And then they found out she wasn't even the girl, but she had been, like, in, like, sex slavery or something for, like, her whole life. (gasps) And she just wanted, like, a family to come back to. That's horrible. It's awful. The whole thing was awful. But, I don't know. It made me think of, like, pretending to be a missing person. Oh, my God. So, this was the case of the Bradley sisters. Tune in next week for another interesting case. And, in the meantime, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at tgic.podcast. Bye!